Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to a new episode of the Late Night Lake Show podcast powered by 19 Media Group. It is your host, Omar and Ricky. Before we get into our interview with Jovan Buha of The Athletic, we want to remind you guys that the Late Night Lake Show podcast is always powered by Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app and enter promo code LNLS for a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Christmas time's right around the corner, man. You know that means NBA basketball, but it also means a little bit of NFL football. Saturday games, then you got your Sunday games. Put your little parlay together. Squeeze them together. Open up your own Christmas present by winning some money on prize picks. So again, enter promo code LNLS and download the prize picks app and good luck. Um, speaking of good luck or just, you know, I don't know if this is good or not. Uh, we got a little bit of news to talk to you about the, it was reported today, uh, from various sources started by Sham Sharania of the athletic as well is that Anthony Davis is now out officially indefinitely with a stress injury. Um, we had a couple of other reports come out that it is a stress reaction. He will be reevaluated in seven to 10 days. The pain has subsided and that he was traveling with the Lakers without a walking boot. He was there at shoot around in flip flops. Good for him. It's negative 35 here in Chicago. I would love to be in flip flops. Can't even be in flip flops in my own house. Anyways, it's a personal problem. Um, Yvonne, um, I don't know if I got any more clarity or if we got any better understanding about the AD injury. So I guess it was a little bit of perfect timing that you were scheduled to come on and touch base with us about the Lakers. So just with what you're hearing right now, and obviously with the reports of Shams and the follow-up reports, what more can you tell us about this AD update as far as his foot? Yeah, well, it's a stress reaction. So, um, but by the sound of that, it, it is ruling out uh, it sounds like a fracture or you know some type of, of bone breaking um you know a stress reaction in the foot is more of like a bone bruise but uh as we saw last year with, with kendrick non and and the uh mighty bone bruise like that that can be a serious injury that it takes a while to recover from and i, I think the two things i learned is we got more specific you know specificity with the the actual injury and that it being a, a stress reaction uh, and, and then also you know, him being out indefinitely, which to me, to me is never a good thing, right? Like, um, right. I mean, I, I guess it's, I guess it's better than hearing like out for the season or like out for three months or something, but, um, indefinitely, I don't take that as a positive necessarily. I, I do think some of the follow-up reporting, 
uh, from ESPN indicated that it, it could be you know sooner than than maybe some anticipate. But I expect him to be out at least a month, and, and then you know kind of go from there with, with depending on um, you know how is it healing? Does he potentially need surgery down the line? Um, I think it's a little premature for that, but uh, I think you know d- depending on the the severity of it, and, and if we can get some more specifics on um, kind of the exact nature of you know the part of the foot that it that it has the stress reaction and um j- just kind of i guess how you know bad it actually is um then we'll have a clear idea of the timeline so um it was relatively vague i, I will say but i, I think you know the, the two things i look at are, are the stress reaction and, and the out indefinitely so um i think that kind of puts to rest the, the notion of ad playing anytime soon with, with soon i, I guess mm. being at least a few weeks uh but yeah, I mean it's it's weird because it, it took. I mean, he got injured a week ago, so it took a right. week for this to come out. We, you know, he was on the the road trip. Uh, we we saw him today at shoot around wearing Uggs and kind of you know walking around and, and joking and, and laughing and smiling. So like, it didn't seem like that there was that you know gravity of '80s out for the season or you know he's yeah. in a walking boot or something. So this has been a really weird situation. Uh, but I guess the positive is he hasn't been ruled out. You know. I guess for the season yet and and you know there's no surgery forthcoming uh, as of now so i think those two things are, are positives but i still think stress reaction and, and out indefinitely aren't necessarily what you wanted to hear uh with, with this situation yeah that 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 does bring some clarity i i know a lot of people on the timeline are talking about like stress reaction versus stress fracture uh, it seems like ad will, will be out for some time uh, and I, I do agree that Whenever you do hear the indefinitely thing, that that, that definitely doesn't, you know, give me the warm and yeah, fuzzies. Um, <laughs> um, it definitely was one of those words growing up where it was just like, I'm, I'm, how am I? What? How am I supposed to parse that? Like, does that yeah. mean like I? You don't. De- you definitely do not know. Okay. All right. Anyways, go ahead, Omar. The the que- question I had just to follow up is, um, it seemed like they had to get second third opinions and and continue to examine and i guess moderate day to day do you do you have any you know sourcing or understanding of why it took so long just to just to provide this update and it being so vague uh, i don't have a great uh, update on that um i have heard from, from talking to a couple of people like there's just been really a lack of clarity on like the the specifics around the injury and i, I know with you know, bone bruises and, and, and stress reactions. Like, uh, again, it's not really necessarily, you know, you broke this bone and, and this is like the, the recovery timeline. I, I think there's a, there's an element of pain management involved. There, there's an element right. of just how he recovers and, um, you know, kind of pain tolerance and, and whatnot. So I think there was, I think, uh, I think they kind of pushed it back a little bit just to, to have a clear idea of what to say. And, and they didn't want to put something out premature, but, um, in talking to a couple people around the, the situation, it, it was very vague until like the last couple of days where, where they started to get a little bit more clarity. But again, I mean, he, he was getting checked out on, on Sunday, uh, and then again throughout the week. So, um, I think obviously like, you know, obviously I, I think with a, a timeline and, and kind of that potentially affecting the Lakers trade plans, right? Like, you know, if he's out for the season, I, I think that that changes how you look at it. So if that's a possibility, I, I think, you, you know, that, that's going to factor into things. So I think for them, they, they wanted to, you know, do their due diligence on just the severity of it and, and really come to 
uh, an understanding of, you know, how long is AD potentially going to be out and, and, you know, what can we expect here? So I think that was more of it th than anything. But um, I, I also think like if, if you kind of look at the last couple of years, like AD has often been out longer than the projected timeline. Um, mm. uh, you know, like I think sometimes oh. it's like four to six weeks and then you see he's out six weeks or, or a little bit longer or whatnot. So um, I think for, for them, they, they really wanted to nail a, a more concrete timeline. Now, granted, out indefinitely is not a concrete timeline, but right. um, I think updates will be coming within like the next week or two. Too many, too many injuries for him uh, at, at, in terms of like lower body injuries. Like I think mm -hmm. you mentioned it in, in your article, like he's, whether it's, you know, bad luck or just freak accidents, he's just piled on these lower extremity injuries that it's kind of, you know, hurt his year. And especially the campaign that he's posted this year, like it's been probably his arguably his best season to date. But, yeah. you know, we'll definitely dive into to more into that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just love the word indefinitely, apparently, this episode, because now we're looking at a situation, as you alluded to already, Jay, and that the front office is now waiting on AD's development in his injury. What does his recovery look like? Is it worse than expected? Is he healing faster? Is it going slower you've already talked about some of his timelines taking a little bit longer than initially projected or estimated to um the one thing that this this team does not have is time on their side we're 30 games in you know lakers are what six and a half games you know behind in the playoff race of the the first seed but we're not even talking about the first seed we're not even talking about the top four seed we're just talking about actually getting into the dance and being able to make some noise that the lakers can with lebron and ad hopefully cross our fingers healthy the the whole overarching conversation since day one of this season and when the Lakers started off so slow was when is help coming this AD news and the I hate to say this kicking down the can of well now we need to wait to see how he's going to do before we figure out what we're going to do on the grand scheme of things Jay what what is the front office mindset from your standpoint and how they're going to approach the understanding ad's injury timeline and hey we're at christmas we're gonna be at mok day here in about two and a half weeks right when are we going to see some actual movement as far as the lakers improving this roster yeah well i i definitely think this changes things uh, i know that's not what what laker fans want to hear but um you know from my understanding a small move continues to be the, the most likely outcome some type of package centered around patrick beverly uh kendrick nunn and a first round pick likely protected uh and that bringing back someone in that you know 16 to 22 million dollar range uh if you can package those two things together uh but i think that the, the 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 issue right now for them is that you know they're obviously in a hole in, in terms of you know tradable assets in terms of you know they're 13 and 18 they, they clearly don't have the size or, or the depth that they would like to have on this roster uh, i think some of the moves they made this offseason signing a dennis uh, signing a pat or you know trading for pat like those were clearly made with, you know in hopes of, of trading russell westbrook at some point having those two guys be your, your starting and, and backup point guards and that whole situation ha has fallen through at this point and they ultimately did, did not pursue the, the Indiana deal before the season. 
And, you know, once the season starts, you kind of see like there hasn't been a trade since September. So the, the, just kind of the, the nature of the trade cycle, there aren't, it's not like there's trades happening left and right right now. Like, you know, typically those things happen back half of January into February, right in that week leading up to the trade deadline. So I think the Lakers are in a weird spot where the, the buyer seller market is super weird right now because of the parity and the standings right now. Basically, everyone still has a shot to make the play-in tournament, with, with the exception of a couple teams. So you're, you're looking at it, and it's like the, you know, Detroit's maybe the one exception where where they have Bogdanovich, and, and that's someone that I think the Lakers have obviously been linked to for months. They've had interest since he was in Utah. They still have interest in him in Detroit. But besides that, like looking at you know San Antonio, you, you've heard Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson, uh, Jakob Pertl, uh, you know Orlando, like uh, Houston, like. Eric Gordon, but like some of these names aren't really moving the needle, especially if you have to give up draft capital and even a protected first round pick. Um, you know, I know some fans that might not sound like much, but again, for the Lakers, like kind of looking at the rest of the decade, um, you know, they, they can make that move. They can win a couple more games, you know, be the 10 seed. And then at the end of the decade, Laker fans are upset. Well, why did we give up this pick for Eric Gordon for, for two months? And, uh, you know, that, that, you know, it helped. He, he hit a game winner and, and he had a couple big games off the bench or as a starter or whatever, but like, we still were the 10 seed we lost in, in, you know, the second round of the play-in. And like, what did that really accomplish? So, um, I think like, you know, I, I've been on the mindset, like, I, I think they should have moved Russ before the season. I, I you know, I think they should have done that in the off season. I, I think they should have done the Indiana deal, but with where they're at right now, um, and, and kind of the situation that they've, they've put themselves in, frankly, I, I do think like it's probably best to not make a big move to, to not trade Russ. Um, now that that could change, I think closer to the trade deadline, if a team is willing to take him on, um, I, I doubt it would be for, for no picks, but, but maybe for one pick uh, or maybe a pick in, in a second pick protected uh, heavily, you know, maybe top 15 or something where, where you can kind of guarantee if it is a valuable pick, you, you keep it. Uh, you know, maybe the Lakers kind of change their stance on that, but I think if AD's out until the All-Star break and and this team kind of, you know, falls in a, a even bigger hole over the next couple months, like what what is the point at that point of upgrading the roster even if it's a big upgrade, like you're still without AD, you're you're not really winning anything. So, I think AD's health is uh, the most important thing first and foremost, but I think as of right now it's it's really trending toward you know, Pat in a in a protected pick, Kendrick in a protected pick maybe both of them in a protected pick for some type of upgrade on the wing or in the front court. Man. <laughs> Real quick. I mean, this would then kind of fall into the section of Lakers fans that said the front office never believed in this collection of players going into the season especially the Anthony Davis, LeBron James led team with these players around them. They have, we have gotten updates, I think bi-weekly, if not monthly of the Lakers front office waiting until X date, X date, X date until they feel confident in either making or not making a trade. And all along the way, the team has struggled and struggled and even with a Herculean Anthony Davis 
all world performance and LeBron James year 20 going off the best year 20 performance we have seen on an NBA court. The team still sits there. What, five games <laughs> under 500. What I mean, can the front, uh, the fan base, there are sections of the fan base that obviously think that the front office lost faith in this team heading into the season. Do you think right now that the front office does not believe that any big move that would jeopardize future draft capital, uh, salary cap flexibility is no longer a possibility? Has the front office simply put, Jovan, given up on this collection of Lakers players to compete for a title right now? I don't think so. That that's not the, the sense I've gotten in, in talking to people within the front office. Um, I still think they believe that LeBron and AD can be the the championship, you know, the the core of a championship roster. Um, I, I do think that once they decided not to trade Russ before the season, they kind of missed their window um, uh, until you know closer to the trade deadline. And you know, we we did hear you know first it was reported. Um, and you know, I know I reported that as well, like, you know, Thanksgiving when it was kind of that, that decision time, they felt like the roster wasn't healthy enough and they pushed that back to December 15th. Um, and you know, it, it has continued to be pushed back and I, I definitely think that has not done the roster any favors. Uh, but I think, you know, right now, the way that they're looking at it, especially post AD injury, which, you know, is just unfortunately something that has to be calculated in is like, I, I just don't think they view it as like, what, what is the upside here of, of trading, you know, potentially most likely two picks, uh, you know, protections or not like, you know, that, that, that's just risky, especially if it's like, we, we only get one shot at, at making a big move. If we wait it out till the off season, we can, we can trade three picks and, you know, potentially have more players, uh, available, including yeah. some star players that they could get yeah. in, in the conversation for. Uh, but of course, then you are, you know, basically punting on this season, which I, I don't think with 80s, uh, you know, injury history with LeBron's age and injury history recently, like that is a big risk. Uh, but I, I think for, for them that they're really trying to weigh like how much does this trade? It, Cause I, I think like the one, I guess the, I think the one thing that they view it as um, is I don't think they, they view some of these deals as like the, the needle movers that the fan base considers them. And, and like, okay, you know, so, so that, that's that's one thing I would say. Like like I I don't think they view the upgrade maybe as big as, as a lot of fans do. Um, and so I think that that's maybe one thing where like I don't think it's like I don't think that's them giving up on the team. I just think like they don't think maybe some of the the pieces that have been out there and available are as good or, or improve the roster as much as some think. So I know on, on like the Turner healed front, you know th there was division on on you know, whether or not they should make the move, whether or not that price was too much. And, and ultimately they just couldn't come to an agreement on that. Uh, so I, I think for, for them, you know, if there's a, a monster trade out, you know, if they can trade the two picks for a Bradley Beal, I, I'm sure they would do that in, in a heartbeat. Uh, if that trade isn't available, which as of now it's not, then I think for, for them, it's really like, you know, even if we upgrade like a, a front court starter, like how much is that really changing our, our team? And, and I, you know, I would push back on that and, and say, I think it would change the team enough where like right now they are getting by with, with um, you know, one of the worst 
you know, I would say backup front courts in, in the league, you know, easily, yeah. but, um, I, you know, I, I'm just right now kind of communicating like the, the, their point of view. And, uh, I think for, for them, if, if they can get that third star, they will do that. And, and but I, I don't think Russ plus two picks is necessarily going to net that. I think it's going to have to be more in the off season, um, you know, maybe a sign in trade or, or, um, something like that kind of, you know, cobbling up that salary in, in the off season. Hey, it's Kevin Hart with my friend Catherine O'Hare. Tis I. And we're cash backing on our entire holiday gift list with Chase Freedom Unlimited. We are. How about cologne for Jack? You know what? That's cash backing and it's in the air. Ooh, and I love this scarf for Barbara. And I love the cash backing. Ooh, focus on the giving, Kevin. And, and one more on the list. Somebody named Ke- Kev. Kevin? Yes. <laughs> How do you cash back? Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Oh, okay. So they, they, so for now, I think it seems to be more likely like some of the names that you mentioned in your, in your article with, so I think we can get into the Cam Reddish. So I know that may trigger you, Ricky, but Cam Reddish, <laughs> the three and D type, types of players. Let's, let's get into those types of players that potentially could help provide us um, some shooting, some defense. Cause you know, you posted a, a good stat, like the two man, the best two man lineups and the three three man lineups. It often, you know, um, it's tied to uh, anytime we're playing like a Wenyan Gabriel or players that provide more size. They can shoot, they can space the floor. Um, I think those types of play, players, you know, marginally they, they would be able to help the team. But I think overall, in the course of a game where we're not throwing out like four guard lineups, I think it will help us out like versatility wise. Um, so let's talk about some names, right? So Cam Reddish, I think has been tied to the Lakers ever since he was an Atlanta Hawk. He got to the Knicks and he's still tied, you know, and I, I don't know how much it is the clutch factor. I'm sure that plays a huge role. Uh, but what, what are, what are the, uh, the sources uh, regarding Cam Reddish? Yeah, well, he he's been on the the Lakers list since the summer. Obviously, I mean, he he's been attached to them for. I mean, really going back to even last season, yeah. um, for for a while. I think the the, the complication there is, um, the the money's a little tricky, and I think the the asking price, uh, from from what I've heard for for Cam is is a little bit higher than the Lakers yeah. would want. Uh, and what the you know, pr- protected first round pick is is that is that what you're hearing? I, I've heard I've heard something along those lines, and I've also okay. heard you know them probably wanting to expand it into Evan Fournier being involved oh, okay. uh, in the deal, and, and the Lakers not really being too enthusiastic about bringing Evan Fournier back, and and just the the money that he's owed over the next couple of years. So um, I think you know it, it's it's definitely possible. I, I would say he's probably one of the more realistic names, one of the names closer to the top of their list. Uh, but I, I think. Right now, it's it's kind of a, a dance of of you know how much are they willing to give up and um, you know are they willing to take back Fournier? Uh, you know, how, how, does that lower the the pick protection in, in that case if they are taking back Fournier and that money? Hello. Um, yeah. So like, I, I think right now that that's a situation that will probably be closer to the deadline. But um, Cam is a name that has popped up, uh, you know, both with the Lakers and with in talking to other people around the league who are aware of of kind of some of the conversations the Lakers are having. Yeah, I think the taking back the long-term salary, like that goes back to even harpooning a lot of Russell Westbrook deals that were on the table like in the summer 
where they just weren't willing to take back some of the salary because they want to have uh, all this cap space open for the next offseason for some magical superstar that's going to come when it's all online, who's available. And there aren't that many options to throw all this money at, um, especially since I, I think what's like 26, 27 million after we go back and sign Reeves and, and figure out what we're doing with the players that we have and retain those guys. By so the way, I think, we, I think Austin's going to get the bag this summer. Uh, oh my God. That, he's the dude's a baller <laughs> by, by the Lakers. Right. I, I think so, but we'll, we'll see. Okay. Okay. It better be. <laughs> God damn it, man. It should be. I had sent the tweet out earlier, uh, Jay, like last week saying if the Lakers let Austin Reeves walk, I do not know if the crypto.com arena would be standing 48 hours later. After no way. the Russo stuff. And now, you well, know, I'm Austin Reeves, you know, I'm not trying to he's replace been our third best white player. for each other. For sure. He has he, been. He, he, I'm just saying, he deserves for, for what, for, to make whatever money the Lakers are offering or the, that he is getting. And I hope that the Lakers can make him a happy man. man. I, but for, obviously, for what I've heard on that, love I, I think Austin. It's going to be more than Caruso money. That that's right. That's for sure. Just, so, uh, it's going to be double. Yo, and does he fall under like the the THT type of deal where it was like I think it's yeah, like the I, I think he's technically re restricted. Um, okay. So that's that's the one thing in the Lakers' favor. Okay. Um, but it, it is a similar thing with with THT where you know they're, they're going to have to pay him after a, a couple of years and. Um, I, th I think, and they did the same thing with Max. I think one thing for them, kind of moving forward, is is probably signing these second round guys to. Like, like they're finding gems in the second round and that, they're, they're up after two years. That's the other thing too, that's underrated in, in all of this, right. Is like, we're so quick to giving up these picks, but their, their scouting department is probably one of the best in the leagues. Yeah. for sure. Um, and those first round picks are, you know, uh, very valuable as it pertains to the future of the team. But, um, you know, it's tough. Even the seconds, but you're signing them to short term deals and then they get to walk because you're not signing. You're not, you're not holding. The, the years of servitude over their head, like not over their heads, but it's just, it's being cheap in, uh, being cheap in the immediate will always cost you in the long run. And the Lakers always, are seeing yeah. this over and over again. They might see it again with Max Christie. They might. We'll, we'll he's, see. He's Max good, is man. now starting to get a decent amount of minutes. Jay. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me ask you about a couple of big dogs. Because, you know, with, with, with um, the Sears Tower in my backyard right now, the temperature in Chicago is more cold than the wind chill in the United Center. The Bulls seem like are, are the next team that could be on the verge of blowing up their roster. We're starting to get the reports that Zach Levine would love to go to the Lakers. We know DeMar DeRozan's already from the crib. Just, just entertain me, man. Clearly, if they're available, the Lakers would be interested. But how much are you putting in the stock of one? The Bulls are ready to trade their two best players midseason, and two that the Lakers actually have the best package or one of the best competitive packages to actually getting those players, including Alex Caruso, apparently, who the Lakers are interested in. Yeah, well, well, that that's been a name that that's been. Um... You know, I was I was hearing back in like training camp, like Chicago is the the one team to watch, uh, with, with both DeRozan and Levine potentially becoming available around the trade deadline. Uh, obviously for them, you know, they're a team that kind of wanted to contend and and was 
uh, a number one seed in, in the East for a good portion of last season. I, I think people kind of forget the start that Chicago had last year. Uh, I never yep. fully bought into them really as, as a true contender, but, uh, and then you look right now, like, uh, you know, they're in the play and mix, but uh, I mean, they're clearly behind Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, uh, Philly, Brooklyn, like, you know, Atlanta. So like, even in kind of their their most optimistic yeah. scenario, they're they're probably like seventh or eighth best team in the East, and like you know, as you, that's just not you know contending level, and um, I, I don't think that they have those top tier guys that uh, really can go toe to toe with a Giannis, with a Tatum, with an Embiid in a seven game series. So I think for them, it's really just are they willing to rebuild. 18 months, you know, 20 months after kind of going all in on the now and, you know, making right. the Vucevic trade, making the DeRozan trade, you know, uh, you know, Lonzo, Alex Caruso, like all these guys that they brought in, those were all very win now moves. And it, it worked for a little bit last season, but ultimately, you know, I, I think we would put them as like a B or C tier uh, team in, in the East. And uh, so mm. for, for them, it's going to come down to just like, you know, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I know, you know, Chicago basketball, I mean, you, you can speak to it better, Ricky, than, than I can, but I, I did a recent interview with, with Troy Brown and he was talking about just how it felt like, you know, basketball was back last year in Chicago and um, how, how much the, the fan base loved it, the, you know, the media attention and like all this different stuff. And so I, I think... Um, you know, for, for Chicago, like it, it's a little bit trickier. I think sometimes for the big market teams, like you, you kind of see the opposite in New York where they're just desperate to be relevant. And, and you know, New York would love right. to be an annual six seed. Like, you know, uh, obviously they'd love to win a championship, but like New York has been bad for so long, you know, for, for so much of the last 20 years that like they just want to be relevant and, and, and you know, mm -hmm. kind of matter. And that's where I think Chicago is right now, where, where they are one of those teams that, that matters, but like they're not a true contender. So, I think for them, it's, it's really coming, you know, it's, it's a, you know, what, what do we want to be? Do we just want to be a six, seven, eight seed that makes the playoffs every year and, or for the next few years and puts butts in seats and, and has some relevance, but like, isn't a true contender, or do we want to re you know, tear this down, get some draft equity, uh, maybe get a young player back or something and, and, and kind of, you know, rebuild this. So I think for Chicago, it's, it's, it's tricky. And then you also have the DeRozan Levine kind of, you know, beef and, and kind of that stuff that, that's been reported over the last couple of weeks. So I think, um, you know, with Chicago, it's going to be similar to where like they're going to try to attach Vucevic and, and get off that money uh, in any big trade. But I do, from what I've been told, you know, DeRozan and or, well, DeRozan or Levine would you know, rise to that level of the, of the Lakers having interest with, with both of their picks. So oh. as of now, that's not obviously something that, that's on the table. But if, if one of those two guys becomes available, uh, from, from what I've been told, the Lakers will definitely be interested in, in something like Russ and, and a couple of picks for one of those two guys. So um, I think that's something to definitely keep an eye on if those two guys become available. Now, is that the best you can do? I don't know. I mean, it, it depends who, who wants to throw their, their hat in the ring. I haven't really heard much on, on that. 
obviously, you know, right. there are teams with more movable picks that can offer more than the Lakers. It's just a matter of, you know, DeRozan is in, you know, early thirties. Like Zach Levine has a, has a, you know, uh, injury history with his knees. Like, you know, th- there are some risks there and, and, you know, they're both making a lot of money. So I, I think there'll definitely be teams interested, but um, I- I'm sure, and, you know, both guys, you know, Levine, you know, West coast guy, from Seattle, played at UCLA. DeRozan, obviously, from LA, played at USC. Like they, they both have LA ties, and uh, I think it would make sense for either of them to, to be in LA. And I, I like them way more as a third option uh, on this team, and, and kind of with, with right. what the Lakers need. So, I mean, does it again? It would be kind of funny because it doesn't uh, satisfy the front court needs, but uh, you know, definitely from a talent perspective, you know, upgrades the, the roster and just a much better third piece, I think, than, than Russ. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan and or or Levine or both, uh, that would definitely be exciting to watch next to LeBron and AD. They would not. They would at, at this point they they haven't played with that much talent. And I I'm think sure be clear. Can, no, I, I didn't mean both. I, I meant one. One or the other, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, that would that would be really hard to <laughs> to get both. So, yeah, one, one or the other for sure as a third option. I think that would significantly help at least the. I don't know how the ceiling looks because of the front court concerns, but the for sure this the the floor of the team, um, and I think that's that that's what you know why fans, especially you know us too, like when we talk about the team and making moves, like I think at this point, you know where where we're at with LeBron and AD, we're expecting them to miss games. You know, I, they're they're not you know Iron Man at the at this yeah. point, right? So like having that you know, type of player with that much talent that can put up like 25 points on a, you know, very efficient note. I think that helps us, you know, go through the the rigor of the regular season games. Um, and can, we can afford those, those lows. And, and it kind of reminds me of other teams that have that, that balance, right? Like the, the Clippers, like Kawhi and Paul George have barely played this season. And I, I know you used to cover the Clippers, but like they've been able to just get by there. They have a over 500 record, but enough about the Clippers. We're talking about the Lakers. So yeah, please. Um, yeah we're done. Um, so we talked about Cam Reddish. We talked about the the Bulls. Uh, something that came up today, I, th- I think uh, the, the Pacers are still open uh, to moving Miles Turner. They're, they're having contract. Extension talks, negotiations. We think I'm open to Taraji P. Henson being the co-host of the Late Night Lake Show podcast. It seems like (laughs) no matter how much I say it, it won't happen. But you know, hey, that's crazy. Miles Turner, I I, I could have never. He's on his own. He's on his own press tour talking about how he should be on teams, specifically the Lakers. Like, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm a little. My tank is empty on the Indiana stuff these days. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, Omar, for cutting you off. Javon, what, what is the update on Indiana actually moving the, the frog of the bell ball, Miles Turner? (laughs) I, I think the ship has sailed. Um, I I don't, I don't think. I don't think you can fully rule it out, but I, I think at this point, um, you know, th- there's just been so much with, with this whole situation and, and the back and forth. And, um, you know, obviously uh, I've reported on the Lakers side of things, but th- there's been reports on, on the Pacers side of things. And like, I, I just think, uh, I don't want to say there's like bad blood, but I, I just, I feel like, you know, it just so much has come out on both sides that it, it feels like it's almost just one of those you know, we, we there's always that like one trade every season where it, it feels like it, it almost makes too much sense that that it should happen and and there's so much reporting on it and then it ends up just not happening. Um, so I wouldn't rule it out entirely. I, I think of course like 
the Lakers have had interest in, in Miles Turner really for two years now, going back a couple trade deadlines. Um, and they had interest in him over the summer. They had interest in him going to the season. Uh, but, you know, really it's come down to the, the price of, of those two picks. And, um, you know, I've heard different things on, on in, you know, Indiana just wanting two picks just for Miles Turner. And, uh, you know, that's not even having to do with because, you know, Lakers could do technically, you know, Pat Kendrick and two picks for Miles Turner or for Buddy Heald like that, that the money would work in that and you could still keep Russ and and just add one of those guys basically and upgrade uh either you know in the shooting spot or, or uh at you know center kind of four next to ad uh but i think right now that the asking price that, that you know they're just not on the same page with that and uh so i would say that one is it's still kind of always there looming uh because the other thing is like indiana has just always been one of these teams that they basically have been utah east where like they just don't rebuild and right, I think, yeah. um, you know, they're they, winning. I, That's the annoying. And they're thing. winning. You know, they, they, they've been winning. And like, yeah, you know, uh, obviously, if you know, it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, if you don't, if you want to start tanking for for Wemby, you got to start doing it, you know, sooner than later. Uh, j- just with, you know, the, the way seasons go. But I think I really think that the the one thing to kind of watch now is like, uh, if I'm a Laker fan, I'm watching the standings and just seeing, uh, you know what what teams are starting to do worse and and, and might become sellers and, and that's really the teams to watch for with, with the Lakers because right now again like outside of Detroit and, and San Antonio and Orlando and Houston there just aren't many clear-cut sellers right now and the Lakers need a seller to emerge so is that Toronto blowing it up is that Chicago blowing it up is that Washington is that Utah uh, like you know what team is going to underachieve relative to expectations and start making some of their veterans available. That is where I think you will see the, the Lakers go and, and really emerge as the most aggressive buyer. Cause right now the Lakers have, I mean, the, one thing I want to be clear, like the Lakers have urgency to make a move. It's just no one wants to make a move right now. You know, like that, right. that's, that's it. And obviously, you know, you, you can get more aggressive with your offer, but I, I think they're trying to be prudent with kind of knowing they have given up too many picks in the past and, and, and maybe they have been too aggressive in certain deals and giving up too much leverage so for them they're, they're trying to find that balance of like we have urgency and we want to improve the roster but we also don't want to give up more than we have to necessarily so i think they're trying to find that balance but right now the truth is like there's just not many teams looking to sell a- a- unless you're going to make them an, an overwhelming offer and the lakers offer is pretty clear like they have two picks to trade they have kendrick right. they have pat they have russ and like outside of that that that's kind of it so uh, and then some second round picks that, you know, they got a lot of second round picks to trade. But other than that, like you, you kind of know what the Lakers have where other teams have a lot more to trade where they, you know, you can mm-hmm. get creative. You, you can kind of, you know, have discussions on that. So I think with the Lakers, it's pretty straightforward. It's just going to come down to what teams are sellers and, you know, what players from those teams are available. And, you know, do the Lakers believe those players will upgrade the roster enough to be worth what's almost certainly going to have to be at least one pick in any deal, including Russ, Kendrick, and, and Pat. Lakers are early to the to the trade party. They showed up when they're, they're still setting up. Their, their table's <laughs> not even down, placemat. The drink, they, there's no even ice for the drinks yet. And the Lakers are like, hey, who's ready to do shots? Anybody? There's no one ready yet. They're, you got teams that you're, you know, that are literally in that purgatory that, usually gets figured out but the the timing of the lakers slow start in anthony davis's injury and other teams 
not necessarily being on the same schedule of needing to make a move right now, it kind of all points to not a good situation in Lakerland as the games continue to roll on. You can't put a pause on the season until teams are ready to start dealing. Um, Jay, one more, one more team that I wanted to get your, your thoughts about before we get you up out of here. You did a, a little bit of a hypotheticals right with your athletic buddy uh brian roberts over there that's covering the the wizards sorry josh robbins over there that's covering the wizards excuse me josh sorry about that buddy um about what it would take and for the wizards and the lakers to connect on a bradley beal trade um, obviously, this is a hypothetical conversation and situations and scenarios, but the Lakers are also rumored to be interested in Kyle Kuzma. Um, with everything we just talked about, the team's not ready to make moves at this present time. I just got to know, man, is this Bradley Beal worst kept secret of when is he finally going to ask out of D.C.? Is that soon approaching potentially or is this just another round of rumors where we're probably not going to see Bradley Beal moved until an offseason where he can reign the most amount of picks in the league and we don't need to see these knee-jerk um you know trades right at the deadline of all-star players where are you sitting with the Bradley Beal potential being available and then let's talk about the Kyle Kuzma um possibility of him returning to LA with Bradley Beal, my, my sense is it's, it's probably more of an off-season thing. Um, you know, I, I think they, they can just get more for him next off-season, especially with the Lakers. Like, Lakers could could throw in uh, three picks for, versus two right now. Uh, but part of that's going to come down to Bradley Beal, and, and he's kind of been, in a way, like, uh, you know, Dame Lillard East, where he, he's, you know, for, for better or worse, kind of stood by uh, the Wizards. But, like, at least Portland, they made a conference finals – uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, it wasn't, I don't want to take too much away from it, but like everything kind of broke right for them to make the conference final, but still they made a conference finals and, and they've had success. They've been a perennial playoff team. The same has not been, you know, the, the, the case in, in Washington. So, um, I, I do think that, you know, between the two, it's, it's more likely that Bradley Beal becomes available and, and that at some point he just, you know, asks out. Uh, but is he going to do that in the next month and a half? Uh, it's, it's possible, but I, I feel like it, it's more of an off-season type thing. Uh, but the, the one thing we got to remember with Bradley Beal is that he has a no-trade clause. So if he makes a fuss and it comes out that Bradley Beal wants to be traded, you know, given the contract that he signed this past off-season, um, you know, he has a no-trade clause, so he can dictate where he goes. And... One thing we've seen over the last few years is that anytime a star becomes available, it's always the big the big city teams. It, it's the two LA teams, yes. it's the New Yorks, it's the Miamis, uh, maybe it's a Chicago, and, and then it's like a, a random warm weather city or two, like a Dallas, a Phoenix, something like a Houston, like one, one of the Texas Miami, teams, yeah. and maybe like a Phoenix, Miami, whatever. So I, I think with, with Beal, like, I, I would be shocked if Bradley Beal requested a trade and the Lakers were not on his short list of teams he'd be interested in. So at that point, it becomes, uh, you know, what are those teams and who can give up the most to, to Washington? And I think, you know, the, the Lakers picks, like, on the one hand, they only have two picks to trade. On the other hand, everyone's viewing those two picks as very valuable. And, and really, with right. the way the last decade has gone for the Lakers, you know, those are two of the most valuable trade 
assets on the market right now. Uh, so I think if Bradley Beal were to request a trade in the next month, uh, you know, I think the Lakers would be at the front of the pack in, in terms of uh, you know franchises that could offer a, a competitive. I mean, it would have to be Russ and, and two picks. You know, maybe they have to throw in a young guy. Um, I think they'd fight tooth and nail to, to keep Austin out of that. Uh, but, but, you know, maybe Max has to go in that or something like, I know like friends don't want to hear that, but like, if it comes down to, to getting a guy of, of Bradley Beal's magnitude, I, I think that's something you probably have to do. But, you know, th- I think ultimately though, like I, I suspect that's something that's more of an off season thing. I can see the Lakers giving up three picks for, for Bradley Beal in the off season. Um, and, and I think he's someone that would fit great. Like he, he kind of is, you know, to me is a better fit than, than Levine and DeRozan, uh, just with, with his level of shooting, uh, you know, shot creation, uh, ability, like uh, underrated playmaker, I feel like. Um, and really, to me, is more slotted appropriately as like a, a number three option versus a number one or even a number two. So he is that type yeah. of guy where I think, you know, you, you have him on the roster. If LeBron's out, AD's out. He can get you 30, 35 on a given night and carry you to a win. Um, but if those guys are there, then I think he, he's, you know, more than qualified to be a third option. So I think Bradley Beal is, is someone that's relatively re- realistic in, in terms of like a star becoming available. Like if I had to pick a star that's that's likely going to become available and would be an option for the Lakers, I would pick uh, Bradley. But um, I still think it's, it's probably too premature for that to happen within the next month and a half. I mean, the Wizards have been losing so many games, though, that like, I guess if the season continues yeah. to go off the rails, like maybe it gets to that point where he's just like, you know, we're, we're out of the playing mix. Like, for Wemby. You know, like, yeah. So, and that's the other thing. Like, Washington could push it, obviously, too. But, like, Bradley would have to sign off on any trade. So, uh, I think more likely is probably him wanting out. But but Washington, too, can can kind of, you know, flip that. So, now with the Kuzma stuff, um, he's definitely available. And, and I, I think that, you know, I would not be – I would probably say he's more likely than not to be moved before the deadline. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, the Lakers and, and how much – like I think two picks is is obviously too much for Kuz in in my opinion, um, so it, it would be, you know, one pick most likely. But like is is none and is you know none in and Bev or, or just Bev alone with a pick is that enough? Like can you get more? They could probably get more. So that that's my thing with, with Kuzma is like I I just feel like they could probably get an interesting young guy plus a pick, and and that kind of you know be more than the Lakers can, can, can offer. So I wouldn't put the late, like I think the Lakers are interested and, and uh, from my understanding, Kuzma is going to be available, but I, I don't think, I think there's teams that can outbid them and, and Kuz is attractive right now. Is just that, that combo forward that, you know, can start, can come off the bench. Um, you know, obviously it can kind of do a little bit of everything. So I, I think he's going to have relatively high trade value. And, and I just don't think if it becomes an arms race, the Lakers can match some other teams out there. Yeah, it's funny. We used to have him on this team. <laughs> we traded I mean, imagine Kuz on this like th- this team. W- this team would needs a Kuz, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Lakers could really use a yeah. Kuz right now, which is funny. Oh, Lord, um, I, I I wanted to get your opinion on this because we, we just talked about a lot about a few role players, depth players, and then also like that superstar type of thing. And I think the more and more I've watched, at least now. Um, in the NBA, having a big three is, is very hard to, to manage and, and to, to go through, you know, a regular season and then to have a bunch of veteran minimum type players around those three. 
Where is where's your stance, right? Because if 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 you were the Lakers GM, would you and and I want to tie this back to the 2019-2020 roster where we had the two superstars and then we had all complementary role players around those two. Granted, those two stars now are a bit older. They've they've you know put on some mileage with injuries and all that stuff. But I think in today's NBA, based on how fast it's played, um, it's like the pace is really high. It's leading to more a lot more injuries. Where would you fall with, with like, would you, do, do you think you would go for that big splash move of that superstar or all-star type player? Or would you kind of be a bit more management heavy with the assets, right? Like you, you kind of do what, what the jazz kind of did, right? The jazz traded away Donovan Mitchell to bring in, you know, two or three very like high level contributing type players. And, you know, if, if they do luck out and strike, and get Wemby, that's that's a really good team next season. So I wanted to get your stance on that, connecting it to the Lakers and, and general NBA. Yeah, well, I think it really depends on the third star and, and how well they fit because I think you, you've seen, yeah. uh, you know, Brooklyn, I, I think, might have won the title had they stayed healthy. Uh, I mean, like, they, they almost beat Milwaukee with, uh, you know, ho- I, you know, hobbled Kyrie and, and, and James Harden, and it was really just KD carrying that team. And if not for his, his foot being on the a smaller foot, line, yeah, yeah, like they, they probably beat, you know, M- Milwaukee. And we're, we're having a different, you know, maybe Giannis doesn't have a title, and, and, and you know, Brooklyn won, and, and we're looking at things a little bit differently. Um, I, yeah. I also think like Golden State is, it's hard to replicate the Golden State model, but like at their core, they were a three star build. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and they obviously hit some some nice moves, uh, a lot, you know, obviously getting Kevin Durant, but like even Andre Iguodala and like some of the role players they were able to Livingston and uh, Bogut and like the, the David West and like some some of the different guys. Like, I think your your the thing is your margin for error with the three star build is so much slimmer. Where like you really got to nail. Like I th- I think we saw it in Miami too, where like th- those first couple of years they had deeper rosters, but like all of a sudden by like year four of the Heatles. They were down to like a six, seven man team of like guys you could yeah. really trust in the playoffs. And yeah. it's just like you, you have to find that balance of like you got to use your taxpayer mid-level exception very wisely. Ideally, you have another player or two that's already making some money outside of your stars kind of under contract. Then you got to draft well. You got to sign, you know, good minimum free agents or, or find your Austin Reeves, uh, you know, Mac, you know, Max Christie's and, and like those types and plug those guys in. Um, so I feel like the Lakers being the Lakers and, and always being one of the top free agent destinations, obviously having an elite scouting department and, and being able to find these guys in the G league or, or the second round or, or whatnot. Like I feel like the Lakers are well equipped to do that. Um, it obviously has not worked out the, the last couple of years. So, you know, that's kind of the, the one thing, but I think, you know, the bigger problem, you know, the, the biggest problem of all is just that the, the third star does not fit well with, with the first two stars and I, I think we've seen the russ ad fit improve this year and, and they, they've had some productive minutes primarily in second unit you know stints but for the most part like you know russ just is not a great fit with lebron or ad and it's it's not yeah. a knock on russ it's it's like it's just i think he's shown he can still be productive he can still have useful right. minutes it's just he needs a certain situation to really thrive and maximize his skill set and that's not playing with lebron james like those two just you know, they both are at their best with the ball in their hands and any LeBron team, it's always going to be LeBron, you know, LeBron having the ball and 
Russ off yeah. the ball, as we've seen, that's where you have these you know, seven foot centers guarding him and, and not really guarding him. And, and they're yeah. playing free safety and they're roaming and stuff. So I think for the Lakers, the, the, the miscalculation they made was building with the, the, the wrong third star. And I think you've yeah. seen really everything stems back from that. Like, I, I think, you know, put Kuzma, Caruso, and KCP on this team the last couple of years. And, and I, I think that, uh, you know, a, a lot of the problems w- would be solved just with, with having those guys on this roster uh, alone. Like, forget forget the pick that they lost. Like, for, forget everything else. Like, just having those types of guys around LeBron and AD. We saw it. I mean, first year, won a championship. Second year, I, I you know, people forget how good that, that team was before AD went down. And even in the Phoenix series, ha- had a 2-1 lead before AD went down. So, like... The, the first couple of years, that blueprint really worked. So I guess that's actually, I'm kind of, you know, disproving my own point of, of saying like, I, I guess in that way, like if you put the right pieces around them, I, I think it can work either way, honestly, w- with either a third star or, or just going the depth route. But I think if you, if you do the three star build, you got to have the right third star and you really got to nail right. all the other kind of yeah. moves because you just have, you're so limited in the pieces you can put around them that you can't waste the roster spot on a Kendrick Nunn or, or a Patrick Beverly um, and, and, you know, and Damian Jones, Bell. like, you know, like so, some of these guys just haven't hit. And, um, you know, I think for the most part, like they've done, like last year, what was, was not good. I mean, half that roster is out of the league, but aside from last year, like you know, even, you know, Montrose Harrell, like Wes Matthews, like those guys, I think had maybe underachieved in LA a little bit, but like, I think it was the right kind of. Yeah. Idea was there, yeah. The, the idea was there. Um, so I, I think like the the idea has generally been in the right place, but when it's come down to the execution with some of these moves, especially I think you know Kendrick and Pat have been two costly moves where like you know Kendrick didn't play last year and then has obviously been probably their worst rotation player this year, and then Pat uh, has really struggled as a starter, and you know th- that's why those two guys are are probably going to be traded by the trade deadline. So, um, but but look, they're, they're going to probably have to attach a first round pick to to get off those two. So yep. it's it's. I think the Lakers can do it, but but moving forward, I think they have to be. If they are doing the three star build, they really got to nail that third star and make sure it's someone that complements LeBron and AD, not just someone who's a star. And it's like we're adding this guy to make a big three. One hundred. It was questionable yeah. when it happened, when the Lakers pretty much unloaded their their supporting cast to acquire Russ, and like you just said. If it's the wrong decision, it hurts in two folds. The fit doesn't fit. You're costing the money that much. But also, you've now depleted your supporting cats in which now the Lakers are rumored to be interested in, in Alex Caruso and Kyle Kuzma. How funny how things change. Things stay the same. Jovan, thank you so much for taking the time to chopping it up with us on Late Night Lake Show podcast right before the holidays, my brother. I can't get you out of here before knowing what is your all-time Christmas movie. Oh. Yeah, yeah. On the spot with it. I mean, this might be a controversial one, but I'll I'll, I'll say Die Hard. I know some people don't consider it a Christmas movie, but but I do. Okay, I've heard it. Have you seen Die Hard, man? I have. Yeah, I love that movie. Okay, I haven't seen it in a while though. I got, I got to definitely pick it, pick it up again because I don't remember too much. Do you put it in rotation, Jay? Is like during the holiday season? Do you purposely play it? Yeah. Okay, then it's a shit. It's a Christmas movie. Then it's a Christmas movie. Some people don't though. 
I'll have to watch it, man. I've been saying this for years. Every episode, every Christmas that comes up, Ricky and I have like someone brings up Die Hard. I have to see it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it tonight and then append a review. But I uh, appreciate you, man, for uh, chopping it up with us, brother. Um, enjoy the holiday season. Have a fantastic new year. Appreciate everything that you do providing that good content for lakers nation and um yeah man we will we'll talk to you in the new year jay so thank you again for for hopping out thank you guys all right that'll do it for this episode of the late night lake show podcast once again if you're not already subscribe on youtube subscribe wherever you get your lakers content and podcast platform make sure you're following and uh following us on our website latenightlakeshow.com if you want some merch that we collaborated with golden knight go ahead and hit up lnlsshop.com but again just like how we told joan we hope y'all have a very safe and healthy holiday season. Have a great New Year's. Make 2023 the best year of your life. Make all the money. Have all the fun. Just be safe out here, man. It's a crazy world, but you have an amazing, amazing year. We're going to uh, close up shop for Late Night Lake Show. I'm going to head down to Florida, get up, up out this cold. And, um, yeah, we'll see you guys in 2023. So for Omar and Ricky, we out. Peace. All right, man. Appreciate you. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.